Hey lovelies, welcome to episode four of my podcast, The Journey of Self-Love Through Self-Care. My name is Amy Mercado. I am the owner of themercadomethod.co.uk. You can find me online where I teach a variety of exercise classes and a whole different variety of yoga classes, all the way from like your rocket yoga to your yin yoga. So if you're um, interested, check me out over at www.themercadomethod.co.uk and I will link that underneath. So today's episode is all about how to make a commitment to yourself. And the kind of commitment that I'm talking about is a health and wellness commitment. Because a lot of the times I've worked with people, I've been teaching for 14 years, and one thing I notice is it is consistency and being able to motivate yourself to continue on your journey. Because a lot of the times we always have really good intentions and we're like, right, I don't know what your situation is, but maybe the beginning of uh, the new year, some people make a like, I'm gonna start exercising, I'm gonna start eating better, or maybe there's a birthday coming up or something like that. And a lot of the times I notice people are really, really motivated at the beginning, really passionate to make a change. Um, some people are being pushed into it, maybe they're like, oh, I'm not sure if I wanna do it, but their partners might be encouraging them or something, something's, something's causing a change. And normally nine times out of 10, there has been an event or something has triggered someone to decide that they wanna start making changes. And that could be anything from maybe a health scare. Um, it could be, for example, um, I was talking to my best friend today and I said like, what really motivated you to sort of get into the health side of things and start actually really taking responsibility for doing some exercise and eating better and um, it was her skin so she'd had a flare-up with her skin and it wasn't getting better and after she saw a nutritionist um, they said it was for instance her diet that needed to change and because I've, I've suffered with polycystic ovaries and I've gone through um, cystic acne twice myself so when your skin is um, flaring up, it really does affect you um, mentally and sociably as well, like massively, because you know your skin is like if you're not your skin and how you present yourself is one thing, but if you start having all these things erupting on your face and things like that, it really does knock your self confidence as well. So that could be something that motivates. Um, Sometimes it could be like a breakup or something and people are like, you know what, I really need to start taking better care of myself. Um, sometimes it's because we're not happy with how we might be looking or our energy might be really low. Um, so we then decide that like it's time to make a change. So whatever it is, normally there's something there or there's something there that repeats and says, I, I wanna do this. So at the beginning, what I tend to find is people are making a decision, for example, right, I wanna get into maybe starting yoga, or I wanna start looking after myself, or maybe eating a bit better, blah, blah, blah. And what I tend to notice is really common in a lot of us is we have this very all or nothing approach. And I work with all different clients, and it's, it's, it's a common pattern that I've noticed, and it can be, right, from Monday, I'm on it. I'm starting a new diet. Um, I'm gonna go to the gym this many times a week, I'm gonna restrict my calories, I'm gonna drink this much water, and they and they totally overwhelm themselves. So it's like you're setting yourself up almost for like totally unrealistic expectations because if you've been eating a certain way for a long time or have certain behavior patterns, day one and two might be a bit of a struggle and you do it, but 
as the week goes on, if you're used to having old patterns, it's really hard if you suddenly restrict your calories really heavily or you're trying to train loads and you're already overwhelmed at work and you, you've got a crazy home life, for example, and you're trying to sort of juggle all these things and then it's, it's really hard. And what people I tend to find notice that they do is they'll take this all or nothing approach, throw themselves at it, and then they'll trip up, for example, and they won't get back on the ladder. So all of a sudden it might be like, oh, I might, I'll start again next week, or I've totally messed it up, so what's the point? I'm gonna have a binge, or da-da-da. And it's, it's really easy to slip back into those old habits. So top, top tip for you starting, looking to wanna start something and actually commit to yourself and make a change is to introduce micro changes. So it could be something really, really simple, like, right, first of all, I'm going to look at my diet. Okay, because a micro change can then be broken down into smaller micro changes, because if you're trying to change your diet, change the exercise, change your sleep pattern, for example, and you're juggling a million and one things, I'd say try and get one thing and start that well. So it might be a case of, because let's be honest, 80% of it is actually nutrition. 20% of it is down to your movement. So if you're gonna start, the hardest thing that most of us, most people tend to find is, is the eating. And I don't like to say the word diet, but how we choose to eat. So firstly, top tip I would recommend is breaking it down into, like separate, separate the food and separate the movement. So focus on one thing at a time, I would say, and make small changes. So if you're someone that absolutely loves dairy and you're a heavy cheese addict, because I know there's so many of you that love cheese and yogurt and milk, you know, my first micro top tip would be to remove one of those from your diet. So you will be astounded at the changes, I kid you not. So if you're someone that has milk in your tea and in your cereal and things like that, change that to a non-dairy. Avoid soya, heavily recommend that, and look for oat milk, rice milk, find something that works for you. Um, another micro change could be you eat a lot of cheese, for example. So let's just eliminate, for example, the cheese from the diet. So they're just two like really small, changes like micro wise so i'm not asking you to jump on an exercise routine i'm not asking so it's be like first thing look at your diet and see where there's a common food popping up and normally dairy is quite a central thing for a lot of people if dairy isn't heavily in your diet for example and you're it's not someone so you're not someone that governs it the second thing i'd look at changing is your gluten intake so if you're someone that loves bread and i know this is going to be quite traumatic for a lot of you like I'm just joking, but if you're someone that loves bread or um, sandwiches and things like that, I would take that out of the diet as the micro change to start. So look at removing one thing that's quite common in your diet, and the top two things I would begin with is either a dairy product or gluten, particularly bread. And if you're someone that doesn't eat much bread and you're not someone that eats much cheese or dairy, I'd say, you know, remove pasta from your diet, for example, because it's got a lot of wheat in it and it causes a lot of bloating and stuff like that. So, I mean, my two top foods that I always suggest to people to work with to, to eliminate first, because it's quite staple in the UK diet, is, is the bread and dairy intake. 
So for instance, if you're someone that that's not a big deal, then you'd look at making different micro changes. So it might be a case of you only eat say twice a day and you're not eating particularly well, so you might be binging a little bit. So it might be a case of, right, where can I eat a little bit more regularly? So you'd be looking at your diet intake a good way to sort of uh, assess it is maybe jot it down for a week and then you can be a little bit realistic with yourself and see what is coming up and what is a trend. Um, you can always reach out as well if you need a little bit of help or get yourself a coach and we can sort of sort of map out where food might be creeping in that could be like micro changed. So where we have this all or nothing approach as well, I would recommend looking at shifting that approach and making small daily changes that don't overwhelm you. So tip number two is if you are someone um, that loves to go back on these crash diets, if an old pattern hasn't been working for you and you're someone that always runs back to a really calorie restricted diet, if that's never really worked for you, maybe it's time that you try something a bit different. And I don't mean then jump on like the Atkins or something like that. It's a case of looking at if you massively restrict your calories, your body's really resilient. And if it's used to operating over there and you've been living like that for quite a while, it's gonna have a bit of a shock and you'll have a massive weight loss at first. And then the body starts to fight back. So, you know, it might affect your sleep if you're calorie restricting, your mood's gonna be affected. You're gonna feel like it's always a battle because you're always hungry a lot of the times and you're suppressing it. So. Rather than taking that massive calorie restrictive route, which doesn't normally work and normally ends up gaining a bit more weight than possibly you last, it also massively can play with your metabolism. I would look at having a more balanced approach. So I know a lot of you love your apps and you like them. Um, there's different apps out there that you can monitor your calories and stuff like that. But personally, I'm not someone that really looks at calories because it creates like a stress response in the body, especially if you're not 100%. And, all of a sudden something that, you know, a normal lunch might be between like five, 600 calories or more. And then all of a sudden people are like, oh my God, that's got 200 calories in it, I can't eat it. Like it's, it's not realistic. So look at a more balanced approach. So rather than thinking calorie restriction, I would say start really simple and look at your carbohydrate, your protein and your fats intake and just be honest with yourself. So if you're vegan or vegetarian, I would recommend looking at how much fibers in your diet, so how much vegetables and stuff are you getting in, and balancing your your intake of protein, because what's really cool is if you took, for instance, um, a chickpea, and you cooked that with a lentil dish and made like a chickpea lentil curry, for example, those molecules will become a complete plant-based protein when you digest it, and the body will utilize it. So you wanna be looking at ways to get good protein, good fats, and good carbohydrates in your body. So rather than going down that calorie restrictive route, let's be realistic. So let's look at our lifestyle. So if you're someone that's always on the go, and I mean like maybe you're at home and you've got kids and you're going to your job and your brain's quite active as well. And you know, you, you're also running around after a lot of people, or I don't know what your day-to-day -day life is like. So be realistic and think, well, how, if I suddenly go from having this much in my diet to then trying to run on an empty tank, like a petrol tank, for example, say your petrol tank was full and it was running and you've suddenly gone and you're just really restricting those calories, that car's gonna give up on you. Same as your body, your body is your vehicle through life. It's really simple. So 
How are you looking at, how is your energy spent? If you're someone, for instance, you're now working from home, you aren't really up and about in your chair much, you don't even need to walk to the station anymore, for example, and you're barely moving, then yeah, you are gonna need to sort of reduce the calorie intake, but not so it depletes it so much that you're barely getting anything in because the body's really smart and the body starts slowing the metabolism down if you drastically drop your calories as well because it's like, we need to survive and body fat burning is the least, one of the last prioritizes that your body prioritizes. So it's gonna think that you're, you've gone into fight or flight mode or it thinks that you're trying to survive. So it starts shutting down. So if you can keep like looking at your carbohydrate, your protein and your fat content and have it on a healthy manner. So if you're someone that um, does eat meat, for example, you would then, for example, have like a good amount of protein on your dish, a good amount of uh, carbohydrates and a good amount of fiber like veg. Um, realistically as well, if you then are on a massive calorie restriction, you might end up having a binge or two and then you get this mad guilt and shame and you feel like you're a failure because you were just trying to do this diet for a few days and you know, or it might have been two weeks and you've been smashing it and then something creeps in and then you get this sort of like loathing because it's not realistic. A lot of bodybuilders take this diet as well, but they're prepping for like 12 weeks and they go on stage and most of them can't maintain that physique because it's not a realistic diet intake and the body starts rebounding and fighting back. Rebounding means that the body will push back and normally when someone rebounds, they will gain the weight they lost very quickly and normally a bit more weight than they originally were. So it can be quite stressful as well. So I would look at having a more balanced approach. And for example, if you do mess up, here's the key, and there's a lot of people I work with, the old pattern would be, say you'd been doing really well Monday to Thursday, you had a bit of a mess up on Friday, you're like, I'll oh, sod it, Saturday doesn't, I've messed it up now, I've ruined it, I'll try and get back on it on Monday. Monday turns up and you're not really in the mood and then before you know it two or three weeks or months or even years have gone past and that diet was long gone in the back of your mind and you've got to do it again you remember how stressful it was so instead of having that approach if you do mess up I say mess up but say you have like a naughty meal or something like that where you think oh I shouldn't have ate that just be more compassionate to yourself and recognize and go, well, I am a human being and I did go out for dinner with my friend and yeah, we might have had this and this, but you know what, I'm back on it tomorrow and I'm just gonna make better choices tomorrow and next time I go out for dinner, if it did stress you out, then maybe don't have the dessert or pick something that isn't maybe as calorie dense, for example. So rather than falling off the bandwagon and waiting ages to get back on, just be a little bit more, you know, made, it's not even a mistake. I picked the wrong choice, but you know what? I enjoyed it. I had a great night. So, you know, have that balance and be more open to to being more balanced with it. Because a lot of the times when you go on a massive calorie restrictive diet as well is you might stop socializing. It gets a bit like boring when you're going out. You get that kind of depressed feeling. So Keep in mind, like maybe if you're good 80% of the time and then you have that 20%, so take that 80-20 approach in the nutrition world and apply that to how you, you live. And that's generally how I do things, to be honest now. Um, another thing that an old habit, what some people tend to do is they'll get this idea in their mind, they're like, right, I'm gonna start this new exercise routine or blah, blah, blah. 
and you go hell for leather. So you're like, right, I'm gonna do six days a week and I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna be at the gym this many times and I'm gonna do this. And then, you know, life happens and you might have only made it to the gym once that week or you might have only worked out at home once that week and then you beat yourself up and you've got this guilt again. So reflect and create realistic goals. So I would say if you're looking to start a program with something, and one thing I found that works really well um, from my online platform is 30 minute increments. What I love about my squad is a lot of them will do like a 30 minute and then they might jump on later and then do a different 30 minutes or something else that's, you know, they might do a conditioning class in the morning and in the evening when there's a yin on or a vinyasa, they'll jump on and do that. Or what I love is they'll, they'll pick when they do it on catch up, they might partner up a vinyasa with a sculpt and then they'll do that in their own time. So this is point number three, and I think it's a biggie, is create a routine that works around you that is realistic. So if you're somebody that's you know working loads and you've got kids, or you haven't even got kids, but you've got a hectic lifestyle and maybe you're sociable or maybe you're not, but where can you honestly factor in, maybe three to four times a week, a 30 minute session somewhere of something? So, and it might even be a case of you starting off with two sessions a week. So where can you realistically factor that in? So if for instance, you're someone that is an early riser, like some of my girls will get up and they'll do that when they wake up, they'll pick something from catch up and then they'll do it then. Um, if you're someone is happy to train, for instance, you're in a nine to five and you like going to the classes in the evenings at the gyms or online, like you might then go and jump in live. If you're someone that gets a lunch break, you might be working from home, maybe you'd factor in something there, like you might go to the gym or you might do a class or you might do something on catch up or find a YouTube. So a lot of the times we try and make things work around what other people's schedules are. So one of the things that I find most people are successful with is create something around your routine and figure out what sort of times work for you and pick things at the right time. So if you're somebody that's had a mad day and say you're high energy or you're feeling drained, for example, and then you think, I'm gonna do a hit class at 7 p.m., it's not necessarily, it might make you feel euphoric at the moment, but it might not be what your body needed at that moment in time. So really start to go in and think, what kind of training program would benefit my body? and how am I feeling right now? Like, am I tired and drained? Is the hit class gonna be what my body needs or is this what my brain is telling me I need to do? Because we're like, we must sweat. It must feel like this, it must be punishing. When actually, no, it's meant to be enjoyable. And the more you enjoy what you do and the body enjoys it, the more happy hormones you release. And the happier your body is, the less stressed you are, the body goes, oh, we need to burn some calories because they're moving their body. We're not in fight or flight, we're not in danger and the body starts to burn body fat. It's a beautiful relationship. So when you start doing things around you as well, you know, you'll, you'll enjoy it more and the body will, will appreciate you more and your body and your mind will start working as a little partnership and it's all good. So you're, it's a much healthier and a nicer way to train. I used to punish myself in the gym. Now I, I really, now when I, when I work out online or I, um, I literally went to the gym the other day with my friend for the first time, I think, possibly since 
November. And it was nice to be in there, it was nice energy, but I was thinking maybe I'll treat myself to that like once a week and the rest of the time I'm sort of online. So it all just depends on like sort of work, what works for you. Number four, we're obsessed with our weight. You know, something that baffles me is we weigh, we even know how much we weigh when we're born. Like, you know, we're programmed to weigh ourselves and use that as a tool. And one thing, as someone that suffered with an eating disorder, and I still am battling body dysmorphia occasionally, things flare up for me and I treat it very differently now. Before I used to calorie restrict and then end up binging. Now I either reach out to somebody or I will, um, I will move my body so I feel good. So I will come out of that mode of feeling like that. And normally it's because something's triggered me externally. So if I'm upset about something, for example, my anxiety has a flare up and the old pattern was for me, go and weigh yourself so you can freak out about your weight instead and you're not dealing with whatever's happening in that situation. Whereas now I'm like, no, let's let's actually deal with what's causing the anxiety rather than going back to binging, weighing and punishing myself. So if you're gonna start something, I do think it's really cool to have a, have a start point because it's all about your journey and take photos. I would take your front, something from the side and from the back and assess those photos in 12 weeks and then in another 12 weeks. Because the whole weighing thing, you can weigh yourself today and you can weigh yourself tomorrow and as some of us know, like we can jump like pounds overnight. You know, when you're due on your period, you can put on five to seven pounds of water weight. Well, I can anyway, and I'm five foot two. So imagine like maybe taller people, this is gonna be different water retention. If you've eaten a meal that required more water for your body to, to, um, to burn it up, for instance, the body's gonna draw more water in, you might find you're more thirsty, so you're gonna weigh more. You can get, your weight can fluctuate all the time, and it's so demotivating and demoralizing, and, if you've ever done Weight Watchers or Slimming World or anything like that, like you could be really good all week and then you get on the scale and you're like, how have I gained half a pound? Or you lose loads at the start and then it plateaus and you get stuck and you drive nuts and you're sort of stuck between this. But in the meantime, your body might be shedding loads of body fat and you're not realizing because a lot of the times we shed body fat from the back first. So have a look. So use your photos and try and take them if you're gonna do a 12 week wrap of like photos, try and do it consistently so it's every 12 week loop. Just be mindful if you're a woman, like where your period might be and assess it and check it in. So if you're gonna do it when you're on your period, do it on the third month again when you're on your period because you're also gonna have that water retention around you. And it'll be interesting to see like how you hold water differently as your body shifts with the menstrual cycle as well. So top tip, Get rid of the freaking scowls. Personally, they do not bring any happiness to any human that I generally know. Because if you do weigh less, you sort of not end up sabotaging yourself and you might end up eating more to celebrate and then you end up putting, like it's, it's a weird circle. So take your photos. A great way as well is you can take measurements and stuff as well. That's really fun to do with like tape measure. But again, I would then measure yourself like minimum like every three to four months because Things take time. It's not normal to lose six, seven pounds in a week. You know, you might even get to the point where you don't lose any more weight and you're just staying the same, but your body is changing. Like, you will see the shift. I've got people that have lost loads of weight and look totally different. I've got people that have barely lost actual weight on the scales and look totally different. So 
it is like if you go on my Instagram page as well you'll see lots of different transformations as well um, so yeah that's another top top tip a massive tip as well is looking at your water intake because like I said the body does not prioritize burning body fat so if you're looking to make a commitment to you and to make a shift look at your water intake and be realistic with it because the body requires it's 28 chemical reactions roughly in water to burn body fat so if you're dehydrated then your body will not burn body fat I'm afraid even if you're training really hard you're just sweating out toxins normally so micro step that make that change by sipping your water as well just think of yourself like a human plant if you dump a load of water onto the top of a plant it's going to leak out everywhere you're going to be weeing every five minutes and you're gonna get annoyed about it. So take your water throughout the day, sip it, and respect that the body will utilize it and it will all balance. So another thing for how to make a commitment to yourself. Get a journal or get something. Write stuff down. Motivate yourself. Write down why you wanna do this. Write down what it will do for you by making that commitment if you want to change your health and wellness you know maybe you just want to feel better in your body maybe you can't um maybe you're out of breath when you're running after your kid maybe you're worried about your joints when you're bending down to pick something up and you're feeling a bit stiff and you're like i'm, I'm only like my friend he's like i'm only 34 and i can barely touch my toes so you know what is it that motivates you? Write down why you're doing this and put that on your fridge. Like motivate yourself and make that commitment. And on that list as well, when you're writing down why you're doing it, like think about how it's gonna make you feel when you're kind of there and you're just maintaining it and it's part of your daily life instead of it being always a chore because everything to start with is hard work. Nothing is easy. It's like my friend said, um, you know, a lot of people will opt for taking, for instance, a gastric band. We're just at that point where maybe it's just oh, so much hard work. I'd rather just go for that. But think how rewarding that will be when you have achieved that without having to utilize something else like that to step in to be that dramatic. And work towards a goal that's going to make you proud of who you are and you're going to look back and go i've created that and i've done that so empower yourself and you know at the end of the day maybe you might even want to keep yourself in check and something you might do is just keep writing down what you did eat because sometimes you think oh i've messed it up when you actually write it down and i'm like actually i only had this is this day actually i don't even think i ate enough so, you know, your brain will create tricks on you. So they're just little tools. And I know a lot of people like the apps and MyFitnessPal and all bits and bits of that, which, you know, if it helps you. But for me, there's something about writing it down on paper and taking proper ownership of it and let go of the calories and that side of things. And just write down about how it made you feel and maybe just recognize if there's a certain thing in your house that's triggering you and you keep binging on it, just remove it. Like you'll start to recognize your own patterns. And by you writing things down, we're 80% more successful to achieve things, they say, when we've written things down. So use that and use that as a powerful tool. Another tool to make a commitment to you is to get yourself a coach or find a tribe 
or even listen to podcasts. So, you know, a lot of people will come to me and they, you know, I'm just telling them basic common sense things, for example, but having that person to help you have ideas and shift patterns with is really cool. Like, same as if you're gonna be successful in business, you'd look to get maybe a business coach. You know, if, if you're training to be an athlete, they'd have a coach, so, or a mentor. So, who resonates with you or who inspires you to make a change? Reach out to them, connect with them, and take that accountability because it's a powerful thing to do to have that support. Maybe you and your friend are on the journey together or you and a partner and you, you make a commitment to do it together. But don't also forget though that if that person then does fall off the wagon, it's still up to you to keep going and pushing through because this is about committing, but it is, easier if you're working with people so for instance if you've got a partner at home and they're eating loads of junk and then you're trying to do the good thing and you're trying to eat better and there isn't that but you know don't blame them get them on it with you and if they're not ready to embark on that journey with you yeah whether it's a friend a family member or someone you want to inspire as well or you're doing it your kids maybe Get yourself on track because monkey see, monkey do. And if you start feeling good and powerful in yourself, everyone wants a piece of it. And they might mock you at first or they might not be that supportive. But if you stick at something and it really does change your life, they jump on. It, it usually happens. And if they don't, it's their loss. And by then, you're so strong at what you're doing that you don't need to worry about whether they're gonna it, it's going to affect you or not. But don't blame them. If you're the person that does the food shop and you're buying it in and you're bringing it in, you're bringing that stuff in that you might know is gonna trigger you or cause a binge. You're the one responsible for that. Or if it has to be in the house, you know, one thing I used to do was say to, when I used to be with my partner, for example, is I'd say, just hide it from me so I don't know where it is. Because if I knew where it is, I'd hunt it down. It's like, when you've got cravings, it's hard. So get yourself a coach, find a tribe, maybe join a studio, maybe join an online platform, maybe um, find a community that sort of works for you that's gonna support you, it's powerful. Listen to podcasts that motivate you. Reach out to other people that inspire you and say like, you know, who do you listen to? Because people are all listening to people and we all have great connections. I listen to, I think the Mindset Mentor is fantastic. His podcast really has inspired me and motivated me and I love his approach. He really makes me laugh as well. So find someone that you can listen to and will inspire you as well because pod podcasts are great. Finding the time to listen to them. If you're in the car a lot, listen to them then. If you're sitting at the desk and you know, you're working and it's boring and you're just maybe listening to music, listen to a podcast, like program yourself or maybe if you're going for a nice walk, listen to something. It's really inspiring and it's really, podcasts are a fountain of knowledge and I really cannot recommend finding different podcasts to inspire you as well. So, you know, maybe make like a little playlist of things. So while you're committing to yourself and saying why you're doing it, start getting your podcast or find your tribe or a coach and start putting the pieces together for you and see what sort of might work for you in your time and your affordability and your accountability. Another thing as well, is stop blaming others. So if you are someone and it's like, oh, it's hard because you know people always wanna go out after work or um, it's always in the office, um, blah, blah, blah. Um, stop blaming. 
it's you, unfortunately. It sucks when you realise that. It's you that puts yourself in situations. It's you that might not be saying to people, no, I'm just, um, one, I'm looking after myself at the moment on this path and as much as I want to come out and maybe get really drunk and I'm going to eat a load of rubbish with you later and deserve, but actually right now, this is me and I'm doing this for me because I'm being really called to do it. I'm not saying don't go out, like, if you've got arrangements with your friends, then just book it in, but factor that in. That's going to be your 20% bad maybe for that week or that month. You know, factor it in and be honest with your friends and your family because if they love you, they will support you and they will respect you. doesn't mean they're going to be doing it with you, but they'll love you and they'll respect you and just put your boundaries in place because that's a strong thing to do. But don't blame them if it goes wrong as well because, oh, I knew I didn't want to go out and I didn't want to do that and I've eaten really rubbish or I've done this and I haven't got up and done my workout, for example. Like, That's you that's choosing to do that. So take responsibility for yourself and have some real self-talk as well with yourself. That's why journaling is really cool. Like you can be honest and be like, you know, I'll come on, like when I'm talking, I'm, I'm literally writing third part person sometimes. I'm like, come on, Amy, like this was you. Like you you knew that this was gonna be like this and da 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 So I take a lot of responsibility and I give myself compassion. Cause you know what? If you do slip or something goes out of the window a little bit, just be a bit kinder to yourself as well and laugh about it because having all that negative energy on yourself and all that, oh, you've done this and you've let yourself down again or, you know, this person pushed me into doing that. No, be compassionate, be kind to yourself and just say, look, next time I'll say no or next time I'll wait till I'm a bit of headspace or, or I've got a bit more, con um, got a bit more, um, it's more in my stride so it's not so challenging. So just respect it a little bit. Um, number, I can't remember what number I'm on. This is a key factor. Let's just say number 10, sod it. Learn why you're doing it. You know, having knowledge is powerful. It's one thing to say, oh, I'm on a health kick. I'm not happy with, say, how my body is um, looking, for example. That's normally the trigger for a lot of people is how we look. Perhaps learn about where the body fat might be sitting on you and understand what's going on in your body. So like for example, in women, if you're really wanting to get like more toned arms, estrogen and female hormones sit on our arms. So if you want to tone up more, it would be learning that dairy affects the body fat placement on these areas, for example. Maybe you're someone with di your diabetes type two and learn about what it's doing to your body. So you can think, because prevention is better than cure, you know, knowledge is power so for example my friend's dad is diabetic and he's struggling with a bit of arthritis at the moment and his stress levels are through the roof so when you're stressed your body releases glucose and calcium into your bloodstream the calcium is there because the body thinks you're in stress because you're in fight or flight mode but in fact you're just stressed because i don't know maybe you're in some traffic or something like that the body dumps calcium onto the end of the joints, it can affect the knees, it dumps it everywhere. So the more stressed you are, it's then creating this arthritic effect on the body because the body's like, whoa, we've got it in the bloodstream, what do we do with it? They don't actually need it for fight or flight, just turns out they're upset about this or they're stressed about that. Same with glucose, so the body fight or flight response happens, you're stressed, dumps a load of glucose into your bloodstream, which is basically blood sugar ready for you to run away from a lion or get eaten by it. Oh no, she's just stressed. She's um, 
she's running late for something and da -da -da -da. we've got all this glucose here, what do we do with it? So it spikes your insulin levels and then for example, your body then sends your diabetes, goes through and then it has a knock-on effect on the body and if you're constantly in fight or flight mode, blood sugar is constantly being dumped, it's gonna affect your organs as well. So if you're diabetic, try and look at your stress levels and look at what you're taking into your body as well. So learn about it. Learn about what you're doing, learn about why you're doing it and spread that knowledge to people you care about maybe because someone else might need to know it. And I love that my, my best friend, like she shares this knowledge with her dad now. So it's great because she's teaching him and educating him because he's moaning about how much his hands hurt and he's moaning that his head's particularly itchy, for example, and that's the blood sugar, that's the sugar's coming up through the scalp. The knuckles are hurting because the arthritis is kicking in. So share that knowledge and do it in a kind way. Don't freak them out too much, um, you know, but also do it in a kind way for you. So the human body is resilient, but like I said, prevention is better than cure. And we wanna to get to it to a point where we can get it back in reverse before it's got to the stage where it's totally out of control and it's so much harder to work through. Be consistent. This is another top one, be consistent. So find a way to form new habits and celebrate them. So for instance, if you're like, right, I'm gonna make sure I get two workouts in, for instance, 30 minutes this week. If you've done it, tick it off, for example, celebrate yourself, message someone, message your coach, message your friend, say, oh my God, I'm really glad I've got this in, or journal, write it down. Because what that does is that causes a dopamine response, and your dopamine is a happy hormone. And like I said, the happier your body is, um, the more body fat you release, and the more dopamine that gets created in the bloodstream as well, the easier it is to create new habits. And eventually, what used to feel like a chore, because you've celebrated it every time, you then start to actually enjoy it. And then eventually, what you used to normally hate, because a lot of people don't like, for example, like when I first got into fitness, I didn't enjoy yoga and I've fallen in love with it. I didn't like yin when I first started doing it. I absolutely adore it now. Like literally, it's probably my favorite, which I can't believe I'm saying. I've gone from being 100 miles an hour to doing this yin yoga where you can lay in poses like up to 10 minutes. It's, it's amazing, it's changing so much internally for me, mentally, physically, and emotionally. So find a way to be consistent and that will empower you. So yeah, maybe write it down. Maybe celebrate it how you feel fit. Find what motivates you, like what tools you can use. So if for instance, you're someone that needs um, like a Fitbit watch on and you like to monitor your steps and stuff and that works for you, great. If it's just like you like being outdoors, then use that as a motivation tool. Doesn't matter if it rains or if it's cold, if you're someone likes to get your steps in, trust yourself. So use your tools, but also use trust. Because a lot of the time, like, oh, I've only done this many steps. This is why I don't really resonate with a lot of these apps. I've tried them all and stuff like that, but I was like, it almost then created this weird pressure. I trust now that I move around. But my tools around me might be making sure I've got glasses of water filled up around me so it reminds me to drink water. I've got things on the fridge to use as a tool. Um, maybe you put a reminder on your phone for getting up and about and taking your walk. Um, so find ways to put your little tools in 
that work so that you can make that commitment to you. So you keep getting little mem like reminders. Um, and one last thing I think as well that's really powerful on this kind of journey of making this commitment is reflection. Because if, for example, in the past you'd go all or nothing with the diet, for example, and you calorie restricted and you start and you didn't sleep particularly well that night and then the next day you're like you've got mad cravings it's because your body's running on empty you've not slept really well you're now tired on top of that and then you're like you're looking for everything and you're eating and then you'd be like oh i can't believe you why are you craving like you're ridiculous you're not sure so you sort of took this approach instead of that if for example you've had lower calories that day and just reflect on it and say like i couldn't really actually handle the cravings so reflect on where you might have made a mistake. It might have been like you've been doing really well and you've got this balanced diet going on, but for instance, you had a meeting that overran yesterday. So you had lunch, for instance, at 12, and then you didn't eat dinner till really late, like seven, eight, nine at night. And then the next day you're like, you're hungry all day. It's because your body's depleted from the day before. So reflect on it and start to work out where little errors might have crept in so that you can then correct them long-term. So I say they're the most things that I would say to be able to make a commitment to yourself. Keep it really simple, keep it basic, don't overwhelm yourself, definitely get a journal, definitely celebrate yourself, be more compassionate to yourself. And like I said, find yourself either a coach, a tribe, um, someone on the journey, like to support you a little bit, because it does make life a lot more easier. And it might be someone that you check in with once a month. You know, that's all it takes sometimes, is just if you're that kind of person. But if you're not and you need to check in a little bit more, just, just be honest with yourself. What do you need to make that commitment to you? Because if we keep moaning about things and not changing, or we keep trying things and it's not working, figure out a way that doing something that might be a little bit different to what you've tried before and give it a go because nothing ventured, nothing gained. And like I said, I have an online platform, a variety of different little online classes. I really, really love teaching them myself. I get so much love and energy from my tribe as well. So love to hear from you as well. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Any questions, please comment below. Give me a like if you, um, if you wanna jump on and subscribe. And I will speak to you all soon. Have a wonderful day.